Section four of Modern Russian Poetry and Anthology Selected and Translated by Babette Deutsch and Avram Yarmolinsky. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kevin Davidson. Alexei K. Tolstoy, eighteen seventeen to eighteen seventy five. Alexei Tolstoy was a playmate of Alexander the Second and sat on the knees of Goethe. Like Ruskin, he made a cult of beauty, humanitarianism, and Italy. In this second fatherland of his he began to travel in early life. His coterie esthete was mystic, with a leaning towards the occult. He regarded the doctrine of equality as the foolish invention of 1793, and was wholly out of sympathy with the materialistic iconoclasts of his time, yet he was too much of an aristocrat not to despise despotism. His literary activity began in his middle years. His romantic interest in the Russian past produced a novel and a dramatic trilogy. The past is also a playground of Tolstoy's poetry. This frequently degenerates into pastiche. Nevertheless, he was a major poet among the minor poets, at his best achieving a neat and graceful lyricism. His technique is unusual in Russian poetry for its prosaic freedom. MY LITTLE ALMOND TREE My little almond tree is gay with gleaming bloom. My heart unwillingly puts forth its buds of gloom. The bloom will leave the tree, the fruit unbidden grow, and the green boughs will be by bitter loads brought low. A WELL AND THE CHERRY TREES SWAYING A WELL AND THE CHERRY TREES SWAYING, WHERE BARE GIRLISH FEET TROD THE FRUIT, NEARBY THE DAMP IMPRINT BETRAYING THE STAMP OF A HEAVY-NAILED BOOT. STILL NOW IS THE PLACE OF THEIR MEETING, BUT NOTHING THE SILENCE AVAILS, IN MY BRAIN PASSION'S ECHO REPEATING, THEIR WHISPERS, the splash of the pails. Oh, the ricks! Oh, the ricks, the ricks, in the meadows lying, the eye cannot count you for all its trying. Oh, the ricks, the ricks, in the green morasses, what do you guard, you heaped heavy masses? Pray behold us, good sir, we were once bright flowers, but the sharp scythe falls, and the whole field cowers. We were littered here, all mown down and shattered, on the meadowland from each other scattered. We have no defense, evil guests come clawing, and upon our crests perch the black crows cawing. On our head they perch, the starred heavens dimming, hear the jackdaws flock, their foul hutches trimming. O oh, thou eagle, hail, our far father flying, O oh, thou fire-eyed, come, our bleak foes defying. O oh, thou eagle, hail, lo, our groans grow stronger, let the evil crows blacken us no longer. O oh, avenge us, swift, from the heavens swooping, punish their vile pride, till their wings fall drooping till the feathers fly come a bolt of thunder that the steppe's wild wind tear them all asunder 
Apollon Maikov, eighteen twenty one to eighteen ninety seven. Born of a mother with a literary leaning and an aristocratic father who gave up the military career for that of a painter, Maikov himself was a sculptor who lost his way in literature. He studied painting in his youth, and indeed his poems show a clear sense of line and color, but his best work is marked by a truly sculptural quality. He received a thorough classical education, and in his early work he imitated the Greek and Roman masters. Generally speaking, he yields all too easily to the indirections of erudition and to the protean pleasures of promiscuous translation. It is in the classical genre that he achieves a small excellence. His finest craftsmanship is shown in enamels and cameos, and in clay medallions, but he has neither the paganism of Gautier nor the sensitive sophistication of Regnier. Maikoff's is a baptized pan and a feigning Bacchus. His later work was dominated by a nationalistic bias which opposed the chosen Russian people to the rotten West. A typical esthete, Maikov found himself in the conservative camp. For nearly half a century he served his monarch as a censor. The antimony of East and West, of Christianity and paganism, viewed with a cold objectivity, superseded his interest in the antique world. This is the pivotal idea of his greatest narrative poem, the tragedy of the two worlds. Art Idly I cut me a reed by the shore where the sea heaves and thunders. Dumb and forgotten it lay in my simple, my wind-beaten cabin. Once an old traveler passed who remained for the night in our dwelling, far in his dress and his tongue, an old man who was strange to our region. Seeing the reed, he retrieved it, and lopping and piercing the nodules, sweetly his lips he applied to the holes that he fashioned, responding. Swiftly the reed voice awoke, till the noise of the sea breathed within it. Thus would wild Zephyros blow, were he suddenly ruffling the waters, fingering lightly the reed stems, and flooding the banks with the sea sound. Upon this wild headland. Upon this wild headland, crowned meanly with indigent rushes, and withering bush, and the pitiful green of the pine trees, the aged Meniscus, a sorrowful fisherman, laid his son who had perished, his youth the sea, motherwise nurtured, that sea whose wide lap took him back, who resistlessly bore him in death and who carefully carried the young body shoreward. Then mourning Meniscus went forth, and beneath the great willow he dug him a grave, a plain stone he set for a mark on the cliff-side, and hung overhead a coarse net he had woven of willow, a fisherman's wreath to be poverty's bitter memento. SUMMER RAIN Golden rain, golden rain, out of the sky, Children sing out and run after the rain. Quiet, my children, we'll reap it again. Only we'll gather the gold in the grain, in the full granaries fragrant with rye. Afanasi Shenshin Foth, 
1820-1892. It is said that Foth, like the Nightingale, sang only at dawn and at sunset. Between 1840 and 1856 he published three volumes of poetry. The following two decades he devoted to the pleasures and profits of a gentleman farmer. He waxed fat and prosperous. His famous apple cakes were sent to no less a friend than Alexander the Third. On the road to the ripe old age of threescore and ten, the poet superseded the pomistic and paid court to the muse with four volumes of verse. Although an admirer and translator of Schopenhauer, Foth enjoyed the distinction of being one of the few men who were actually happy in Russia. He had an Horatian serenity and the esthete's indifference to society's ills. These elements in his character alone are reflected in his poetry, which is written in major, yet has withal the ethereal, insubstantial quality of dream experience. His lyrics are invested with a rarefied sensuousness, a keen feeling for life's cosmic content, and a dominating interest in melody. Tchaikovsky, who has set many of his poems to music, likened Foth to Beethoven. Whispers, Timid Breathing Whispers, timid breathing, trilling of a nightingale, heaving silver waters rilling in the quiet vale, night's dim light and shadows dreaming through the haze of space, moods like fairy lanterns gleaming on the dearest face. Smoky clouds show roses sleeping, amber lights and fawn, kisses soft and softer weeping, and the dawn, the dawn. THE AERIAL CITY At daybreak there spread through the heavens pale clouds like a turreted town. The cupolas, golden, fantastic, white roofs and white walls shining down, this citadel is my white city, my city familiar and dear, above the dark earth as it slumbers, upon the pink sky builded clear. And all that aerial city sails northward, sails softly, sails high, and there on the height someone beckons, but proffers no pinions to fly. Swallows Calm nature's idle spy I follow, enjoy her pathways, free and fond. I watch the arrow-winged swift swallow, who curves above the dusking pond. It dashes forward, lightly skimming the glassy surface, half in fear of alien clutching waters, dimming the lightning wings before they veer. And once again the same quick daring, and once again the same dark stream, is not this flight our human faring? Is not this urge our human dream? Thus I, frail vessel, am forbidden to take the foreign road, and dip to scoop a drop the ways are hidden of alien streams I may not sip. End of section four. Recording by Kevin Davidson. www.blogordie.com.